Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Chris Golick, the founder and CEO of Channel 99, chats with us about how collaborating with others in a company plays a big role in success. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your always happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of BDB Products and Partnerships here at Starista, and still Interim General Manager of this division. I'm sure that's going away soon, but I'm holding on to it for dear life, ladies and gentlemen. But it is so good to be here. If you're just joining us in the Marketing Stir, we appreciate you listening and thank you for all the listeners out there all those listeners who uh, write us all those listeners who come up to me at conferences and tell me wow are you you really are that happy are you and aj like that all the time we are we are and thank you for listening and coming up to us Let's take a pause really quick to talk about Strista. Who are we? It's just 10 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own B2B data, our own B2C data. We help companies access that data through our technology, our own email sending platform, our own DSP that focuses on connected TV, display, email me, vincent at strista.com. That is how confident I am. In our product, I just gave you my email address, and boy, are you using it. Most of the time, you're trying to sell me. It's okay. At least you're listening and responding. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, he was just here in New York City, living it up in the Big Apple, enjoying some tennis, meeting with some of our amazing clients, people who are just learning about Starista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent, a pretty good time seeing you and all of our clients in New York City over US Open. First time doing this event. I feel like uh, we'll be doing this one repeatedly. Yeah, I figure we will. You uh, love tennis. It was a great event. You know, US Open, I found out that that's all they do at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It's just a couple weeks. They make us all the money and that's it. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. But it was only my second time there. I loved it. I'm not that into tennis, but I was like glued to it. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah, uh, I think it's just the atmosphere. So even if you're not a tennis fan, it seemed like more than half of the people were not. They got really into it with the uh, crowd and the energy. It's, it's hard to see that on TV. So I think it's a very different experience being in person. Yeah, it is a great live sport. It really is. And look at you, got your jersey on today, rocking some uh, uh, cricket jersey, you know, your your other favorite sport there. Uh, I did not get the memo to wear a jersey or else I would have <laughs> rocked uh, a jersey. However, I'm wearing a jersey this evening because I have two, count them, two fantasy football drafts 
that I have to attend to. One is in person and then one is online while I'm, you know, hour or two in between. So I will be rocking my Daniel Jones New York Giants jersey. I got it many years ago on sale at Modell's when they were going out of business. So I now have it, but uh, loving that jersey. Well, I think uh, uh, you probably saw Kelsey might be out. So your, your Starista draft might be in a little bit of uh, jeopardy. If you know Travis Kelsey, and I met him once in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen, he, he'll play. He'll play, and even so, he'll just be out for one game. I'll fill someone in. He'll be good. So, uh, oh. yeah, I am worried about that. But fantasy football season is upon us. Football season is upon us. By the time this comes out in like a week or so, we will already be in it, and you'll be hearing about all of our adventures here at Starista, especially when AJ and I go head-to-head, which a lot of you listeners are certainly interested in because of what happened last year in the championship. But let's get right to it, AJ. This is a special episode for me, I got to tell you. On this episode, and this is not even a lie, two of my favorite CEOs, one being you, of course, and that is not a lie. I met you in 09, and the other I met in 2006. And the reason I say this, I tell him this all the time. I think I embarrass him when I say it, but I always say he always has the time of day for me, no matter what company is at. If the company gets huge, which they all, you know, he they always do. He like grows these companies. He does an amazing job. He's always nice, you know. And I say this: the ageless, ladies and gentlemen, this is the ageless. Uh, you know, they, I don't know what his secret is. Some people ask me for my secret. I want to know this guy's secret. He is very special to me. Uh, he is. Currently, the founder and CEO of Channel 99, but formerly uh, the you know one of the founders and CEO of Demand Base, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Golick. What's up, Chris? Hey, Vincent. Hey, AJ. Nice to uh, talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. And hey, the reason yeah. I'm happy, always so ha- happy uh, to talk to you is because you're so happy. <laughs> I am. I am. And you know, our history goes back. Like, and and I know, like I said, maybe I embarrass you sometimes as saying like. Now you're always been so nice. You're 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 a nice guy. You've always been, you know. I know you're you're extremely busy. But I met you uh, when Demand Waste was just getting started. I was at Walter Carl, uh, a little company, uh, fairly big, but a little company in in Pearl River, New York. A lot of people used to think I was Walter Carl. I'm like, no, that's I think he's dead. But I met you back then. And it's been, I mean, look, it, it, you know, years. And every time I'm like, hey, Chris, I'm coming to San Francisco. Oh, awesome. Hey, you know, no matter what, you've always been there. I do appreciate that. That does not go uh, unnoticed. So thank you for, for that. So it was an easy one for me to catch up with you. This is great. Of course, of course. So Chris, let's get right into it. So I know you from Demand Base. We'll talk about that in a moment. Maybe we'd be remiss not to talk about it because all the amazing work you've done there. A lot of people, you know, demand based synonymous with ABM. You hear a lot of people talking about it, but let's get into, you know, you know, tell us about this new organization, Channel 99 and your role within the organization. Yeah, great. So uh, thanks, Vincent. So Channel 99 uh, was started last year in uh, 2022. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO. Uh, most people don't realize it was the original vision of demand base going back to 2006. And that vision was a platform for B2B marketers to measure the effectiveness of their vendors and channels based on 
their financial impact on pipeline and revenue. Uh, the reality is it was just way too early back in 2006. And so demand base kind of changed course and we decided to create a technology category around account-based marketing and go after that first. But this need to measure uh, B2B marketing on a, a level playing field across these thousands of vendors uh, is still needed. And so uh, we're going after it and I'm really excited to be here. That's awesome. And, you know, oftentimes, Chris, we ask people how they got started in marketing, but I'd like to ask you, you know, looking at demand base, what, what made you decide to get into B2B marketing? Yeah, well, <laughs> going back to this, the software question, you know, I, I came up through chemical engineering out of Detroit. So that's a perfect recipe for a boring career. <laughs> so, um, so me and two guys from GE, we, we started a supply chain software company called Supplybase back in 1996. And at the time, I was a frustrated marketer because all the technology out there was for reaching consumers. Everything was B2C. And so supply base sold and I was helping companies kind of on the, the marketing side. And I said, you know, we need dedicated B2B marketing technology. And that was really the launching point for demand base. How do we really help B2B companies reach the companies that their sales team is selling to? Sounds so simple and obvious, but it, as you know, it took years to really get a bona fide category in place. Chris, what is it about B2B marketing that uh, interests you and led you to start demand base? You know, um, it, what interests me is things that haven't been done before. So it's really the innovation. It's, uh, you know, how do we change, dramatically change the way something is done before. And as you guys know, in the world of B2B, you know, most companies, are only trying to sell to probably two or 3% of the companies out there. And so it's incredibly inefficient. So it's just ripe with opportunity. And, um, and you know, most of the things you hear about are, are generally B2C, but they, a lot of those technologies don't, are not financially effective for B2B marketers. So there's just a, a huge world of opportunity to make it better and, and innovate and, um, always want to be the first at doing something versus kind of a, a second second tier player or somebody that's tr trying to do it a little bit lower cost. That's that's not for me necessarily. So, And what were some of the big highlights for you during your time at Demand Base? Yeah, that's a good question, AJ. You know, you could say, you know, raising a big round of money or your first million dollar customer, you know, all those things are great, but probably the biggest reward was building kind of the culture of the company and the people, the friendships. And, you know, at Demandbase, you know, over the years, we built one of the best places to work, not just in the Bay Area, but in, I think, 2016, we were top 10 in the U.S. on Glassdoor, um, you know, out of 500,000 companies. And it felt really, really good. And it really helped us attract and retain talent. And um, it was something we all bonded over. And, um but it's a lot of investment, a lot of work, but that was, that was a huge reward, kind of that culture and friendships that, um, you know, still benefit me, obviously, today, you know, new company I'm building. You know, and, and one of the things I remember, you know, going to some of those events, Chris, that you used to have, the, uh, the demand-based events, the ABM Summit, right? And 
I'll never forget. This is more of a personal. I remember because now I have uh, two sons. I remember the very first one you did, and it grew every year. The first one you were at uh, was AT and T Park, right? So they call yes. it. And you're throwing out a first pitch, which was a strike, by the way, to your son. You know, we were just talking off air, if you will, about how you're like your son's like Brian, grown up now. You were just hanging out with him and stuff. Where I remember you throwing out the first pitch to uh, your son. Uh, do you remember that moment? Well, yeah, he saved me because it was a it was a high fastball. <laughs> yeah. It was a, um, better than fifty cent. Remember? <laughs> yeah, it was better than fifty cent, and yeah. uh, I think Barack Obama did it pretty well. But um, yeah. yeah, that was a fun moment, and yeah, certainly he remembers it. And that was a time we already rented out the whole baseball stadium. Yeah, and, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That wasn't my question. That was just a, a fun moment yeah, that I remember, yeah. you know, personally. But let's shift gears. You know, the demand-based days, great. I know you're uh, still near and dear to your heart, but you recently launched Channel 99. What's behind What's behind the name of that company, first of all? I'd love to know that. Channel 99, let's see. It could be, I'll give you two options. You can pick whatever would be like. <laughs> the channel that the TV guy where I grew up in, Detroit Channel 99 was the place you'd go to see the programming and get all your information on what you want to find out uh, or see what's playing. Um, or it's the only domain name that was available for under a hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's both. I, I think it's you were looking for a domain that's under a hundred dollars, and then you're like, oh wait, there also is Channel 99 available yeah yeah and you can spell it nobody nobody screws it up <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so in regards to channel 99 you you talked earlier about this is you know a company that you know a vision that you've had for a long time so what solutions in the marketing industry is channel 99 trying to tackle good question so you know, in the world of B2C marketing, Adobe kind of owns the platform for measurement, right? In the world of B2B, it doesn't exist. There's a big void. And so marketers are, struggle with having multiple vendors that have different KPIs and they're all biased on what's working and how well it's working. And the reality is there's just so much BS out there. And so we want to be that unbiased source of truth so that you can really understand how well is LinkedIn doing for you versus demand base or Google paid search or Facebook ads and understand what's the most effective way to build pipeline and where should I take out money? Where should I put money in? And then we, we've added in, added in a layer of technology that will include AI, but we're also uh, introducing kind of the first what I'll call a, a B2B verification pixel that you can place into ads and other offsite content to understand the efficiency of, hey, I'm buying millions of impressions. Are they even reaching the companies I want to sell to? And um, lo and behold, that's probably not as good as you think it is, but we're able to do it uh, very effectively. And so again, I'll do the B2C analogy in B2C, double verify, very successful company, helping B2C marketers understand brand safety, uh, human, non-human. In the B2B world, you want to know, are my ads being served to the right companies? And then are those companies engaging with my website? And the reality is most B2B marketers, 60, 70% of their traffic comes 
from this channel that gets called direct, which is really unknown. Uh, the reality is they probably saw an ad, they read a post, they listened to a blog, they did something to hear about you to come to your site. So we're demystifying all that and giving much better credit you know, to all the different channels and vendors that deserve it for, for driving that engagement and the quality of that engagement. For someone who has started many companies, what are some of the big do's and don'ts advice you have for somebody who's just starting their first company? Yeah, you know, the first company, you know, after you've done it a few times, as you know, it's kind of what not to do, <laughs> not where to spend your, your time. Um, and, you know, you kind of learn that through experience. Um, I think keeping things in perspective on what really matters. And I think one of the hardest things about building a company, it's it's the people part, right? It's it's not just the hiring, but it's also the firing. And, and one of the do's would be making uh, people changes faster. Because um, if you already reached a point where I'm not sure it's going to work out, very seldom do those you know, situations turn around and you're just, you're better off kind of moving quickly, uh, making faster decisions. Um, and so I, I do think, um, don't underestimate how important the people factor is, especially in a software company, because that is your asset is really the people. Sense. And for you right now, what's the ideal client profile that you're going after for Channel 99? You know, it's typically, you know, we're starting off, I would say, kind of mid-market companies, you know, at least 50 people, you know, up to a couple thousand, but we're already getting larger companies engaged with us because they obviously spend a lot of money on ads and all these top of funnel programs, and they have no visibility into what's really working well, and we're able to do that for them. So we are kind of mid-market, but I suspect as we get into next year, we'll be going up into the enterprise pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So Chris, let's talk about the two companies, right? You look at demand base, you started in 2006, channel 99, 2022. For the listeners out there, some of the differences in starting a company in 06 till you know, now, and what remains the same? Yeah, um, what's different, I would say, just from a financing perspective, it's a great time to be starting a company. There are a lot of investors that are dedicated to seed investments and series A and don't do the later stage stuff. And I think that was kind of flipped around going back to 2006, um, where you, you know, you had these angel networks and, you know, if you're chasing $25,000 investments, it, it's, it's a tough life. Right, because you you got to do a lot of those to to get a real round of money together. So today, there are a lot of great seed and uh, Series A investors. So and there's a lot of appetite for investments because they're not doing the later stage. So that's that's a very different environment. I, I think the same is is it's the people part. There's you know um, you know you got to engage with the the people that have an appetite for the early stage, right? And that means. You got to roll up your sleeves and do a little bit of everything. You know, it's not all strategy. <laughs> you know, you're typing emails, you're running, taking out the track, you're doing a little bit of everything. And uh, and so that I think that'll always remain the same. And um, you know, being collaborative. You know, well, I guess the most obvious thing that I didn't I didn't cover is you know trying to build a business 
in a virtual environment versus in yeah. office, it's hard. I, and I think it's a disadvantage uh, to companies that are trying to do it. Um, we just moved into an office in Sausalito, California, and like, we all love it. Like when I interview people, I, I look for people to express that they want to be in the office with people mm -hmm. versus giving them a choice. Now, I, I want people to really want to lean in. Um, and we just, we do, we get so much more done collaboratively than we would if we were trying to schedule Zooms all day. Yeah, AJ, you're a big fan of that too. You know, the in-person going into the office or just at least, you know, I, I'm remote, but I prefer an office just to have that environment, even of other people. But Chris, talk to us about, it seems like you're more of a fan of starting the company from the ground up as opposed to just kind of going in and taking over companies or being the CEO. What, what, what's that appeal? Have you always just liked, I want to yeah. do it myself? I'm just, you know, I uh, would love to understand that. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, reflecting back, I've worked at, you know, General Motors, DuPont and GE. So I've certainly been in the, the big companies, which is great because you learn a lot with process and all those things. But what you don't get is, the ability to innovate, uh, to innovate quickly, um, build a team, you know, change the way things are done. So like, if you really value innovation and velocity, building a culture, those are the things that really drive me. And, uh, and it's just starting something on your own is, um, you know, that fulfills all those things. It's, it's hard <laughs> and it's always hard. It's, it's never easy, but um, it, get, it gets a little bit easier, especially with this company, you know, it's an adjacent space to demand base. So just having that network of people ranging from investors to people like yourself to, you know, editors and, you know, different resources, it, it, that makes it easier this time around for sure. Chris, any big announcements or new products for Channel 99 you'd like to share with our viewers? Yeah, thanks Thanks for asking. <laughs> I, uh, on September 20th, uh, we're rolling out our, our platform and uh, it's free to get started and people can get up and running in a matter of an hour and uh, you can use it for a month for free. And, and if you want to stay on board, that's great. And it's kind of get started and, and pay as you go. So it's great for smaller companies and you know, there's a lot of businesses that are not um, making new software investments. So we've made it just super easy to get started and um, get real results and then hopefully continue and expand onto that. But yeah, we're very excited about it. Got a great team in place and um, you know, onward and upward. Awesome. So this is a fun question. We ask all of our guests this question. I'm sure you get a lot of unsolicited messages on LinkedIn. What's one that gets your attention, gets you to respond, and what's kind of uh, one that'll annoy you? And let's see. I'll start with the annoying ones. <laughs> you seem too nice. I don't believe anything. Annoys yeah, you. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of the same. I, I must get at least a dozen recruiting ones. People that want to do recruiting for the business hmm. and. It's fine. I, I get it, you know, but having done this a few times, I kind of have my network of go-to people to help out with. And just obviously we, we know a lot of the, the same people in the industry. So it's kind of those, those blind, you know, sales pitches that aren't very personal. Um, and the ones that I respond to are the ones that are 
really genuine. Um, like if there's a university student that is doing a paper on B2B marketing, it's like, would love to speak with you if you have a few minutes. I will absolutely respond to things like that and and people with real kind of genuine interest or want to engage or have something compelling. But generally, it's kind of that short and sweet. And I like to read bullets versus long paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Um, but same same thing happens at our company, right? With our marketing outreach. And I drive our marketing person crazy because when they craft something for me to send to somebody, I'm like, I don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I, I want it to be way more personable so they know that I genuinely care or wrote that message. So Chris, before we get into the personal side of the podcast, we, you know, just one more question about leadership. As a business leader, what are some signs that you can share with our audience about what, when to pivot and to react and be agile in a business? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. It's super important. And you saw, you know, Vincent, through Demandbase's journey, we evolved a lot, right? We used to sell business contacts and then we got into advertising and, you know, you kind of, got to move and really listen to your customers and, you know, understand what problems they're trying to solve. And if you have a good uh, set of investors around the table, that's super helpful as well, because they see a lot of different businesses and they often know before you do <laughs> when things really need to, to shift and, you know, changing a business model is hard. Um, but as a founder, sometimes your original idea, you know, it has to go bye-bye and you, you got to be, mm -hmm. got to be prepared to do that. And, uh, and so I think that's, that's really important to do. Yeah. And I remember, you know, the, those early days of, of demand base and kind of always, you know, keeping an eye on it, right. Even though I was not a customer of demand base per se, I, I've always, you know, kept them close to the vest just to see what, how you were doing and always supporting it. And uh, yeah, a lot of pivots. And I think, uh, you know, where that company is today and where I know Channel 99 will go, it, it's, it's, you know, uh, due to, you know, you as a leader, the people around you. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, knowing when to pivot, knowing when to say, okay, we, we need to shift gears here. This is what the market is detecting. So the personal side, Chris, let's get, I know you, but you know, what do you, what do you like doing these days? Uh, you know, are you still in the San Francisco area or? Uh, I am, I am. Yeah. I'm up in Marin County. So just mm -hmm. north of uh, San Francisco, our offices in Sausalito and I live uh, just, you know, a couple towns over, but I'm, I love the outdoors, love the mountain bike and trail run and, um, and travel and both, both kids in college. So it's wow. easy for me to get out and enjoy that, that kind of stuff. Where, where are they at? Uh, my daughter's at Michigan State, where I went. And she's in Martin, yeah. Yeah. And then my son is at University of Oregon. Nice, nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I uh, I remember meeting your son. And then now it's, like I said, I'm, you know, that's how far back we go. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, we, we love what you're doing there, Chris. One more thing, you know, a message, a closing thought that you'd like to leave our audience with. It could be anything you want, some leadership advice. Hey, I'm reading these three great books or, you know, anything you'd like to leave the audience before yeah. we wrap here. That's a good question. I would say, well, I'll, I'll pick two things. One, 
great time to be starting a company. Um, so if you've always had something on your mind, it's it's a it's a great time. There's a lot of appetite out there, but you know, proceed cautiously, I guess. And then two, if if it's it's not in you to start something, if you if you want to kind of pick a startup, you know, company picking is so incredibly important. Like you can work your butt off at a bad company and not make a lot of money, <laughs> but if you get in board with a really great company and and work hard, you know, it it sets your career up for every step beyond that. And so I would just say, you know, uh, selecting the the company of where you want to go to is soup is incredibly important for the, your whole career, not just that one job. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I talked to some of our interns about that, where, you know, a lot of times that first or second job also, you know, dictates sometimes uh, skill set how people view you. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where choose that wisely, but also if you need to pivot, I, I say so. I think I chose wisely. I've never been a person who's been a, a one year or two year wonder at a company. Uh, every company I've been at in my 22 year career, you know, six years, seven years, it's always been like, you know, growing and investing with that company and, and choosing wisely. So, uh, yeah, this has been awesome. My two favorite CEOs, ladies and gentlemen, on the same podcast. You got to love that. And I truly mean it. Chris, you've been always uh, amazing to me, sir. I uh, look forward to seeing you in person. Thank you for joining us. Check out Channel 99, ladies and gentlemen. That is Chris Golick, the CEO and founder. That's AJ Gupta in this fresh new cricket gear. I'm Vincent Petrofessa with just a boring polo shirt. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.